Something to note, Journey to the West is a legend that has been retold many times. For direct quotes, we've relied on Anthony C. Yu's 1983 translation. Our story may be different from the ones you're familiar with, but we hope you enjoy it. But be warned, today's episode contains dramatizations of graphic violence and some disturbing descriptions. Please exercise caution for listeners under 13. Tripitaka sat alone in the precious grove monastery, reading by candlelight. It was the hour of the third watch, and the chamber around him was silent. The last scroll of the night was the water litany of King Liang, which began with a story. There was a strange noise outside the emperor's chambers, a scraping, rustling sound. He opened his door to find the hallway filled with a massive serpent, its face its face was that of the Empress Chi, who he had buried mere months before. Venom dripped from both her fangs and her words. Husband, she hissed, you will never be rid of me. There was nowhere to run, nowhere to hide from this appalling vision. The serpent lunged. Ah! Sung Wukong, you almost scared the life out of me. Pardon, Master. I did not mean to startle you. But it is better to be awake and scared than peaceful in the grave. Are we in danger? Nah, I just like the sound of that saying. Was working on it the whole way here. Yes, it is a very nice proverb. But are we safe? Did you do as I asked and check for pursuers? Indeed I did. There are a few lesser demons following our tracks, but they're keeping to the shadows. Have no fear, they will not enter the temple grounds. If you say so. Go get some sleep. I was trapped under a mountain for 500 years. I won't need sleep for a while. Meditate, then. Some of us do need to rest. Sun Wukong gave a short bow and left the room. Tripitaka sighed. As fond as he was of the Monkey King, the primate had a talent for distractions. <sighs> Sorry, Master Chi. I'll finish your litany in the morning. Hello? Chubachi? Is that you? Shaojin? <laughs> Who's there? If you are a monster or demon, beware. My companions have slain many of your kind. I am no demon. Then why not show yourself? I have forgotten how. What is your name? Strange spirit. I left my name at the bottom of a well. Perhaps it has rotted away by now. If we are to talk, I must call you something. Call me a king. A king that lives and is dead. A king whose killer stands in your way. Beware, Tong Monk. Beware. Black Rooster Canyon is no safe place for you. Tripitaka awoke with a start. He was on the floor of the monastery, the water litany of King Liang lying discarded by his side. The experience of the previous night unsettled him. What had he experienced? A ghost 
or just a nightmare. Still bleary, he picked the scroll up. His eyes fell to the passage before him. Wu Liang was never sure if what he saw that night was a dream, but his horror was so real that such a distinction was, in the end, utterly trivial. Welcome to Mythology, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every Tuesday, we present dramatic stories from ancient mythology and explore their origins. I'm your host and narrator, Vanessa Richardson. You can find all episodes of Mythology for free on Spotify. Today, we're telling a story taken from the pages of Shioji, or Journey to the West. On his way to recover sacred texts from the Buddha himself, the Tang monk Tripitaka and his company faced all sorts of dangers. Pursued by demons, they found themselves in a small valley kingdom. Everything seemed normal until a ghost appeared, insisting that Tripitaka investigate his own unsolved murder. Coming up, our pilgrims meet a king with a deadly secret. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like, what the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. Today, we're revisiting the rich world of Journey to the West, the medieval Chinese legend whose influence can still be felt to this day. In an earlier episode, we covered the origin story of the monk Tripitaka and how he became the perfect person to take up a quest for the Buddha. Today's episode picks up several years into his journey. With the help of the Bodhisattva Guanyin, Tripitaka recruited a party of disgraced spirits to help protect him from demons on the road. These include Sha Wujin, a violent river spirit, Chu Bachi, a glutton in the form of a pig, and Sun Wukong, an infamous trickster also known as the Monkey King. At this point in the story, the four monks have found their way to Black Rooster Canyon, which they must pass through in order to continue their journey. 
This small kingdom forces them to face a unique challenge. They've fought demons, shape-shifting monsters, dragons, and bandits, but they have never faced a ghost. Trippy Taka sat by himself as dawn broke over the precious grove monastery. In his hands, he held a small trinket, which he turned over and over again. It was a white jade token, inlaid with gold, a curio he'd been puzzling over all morning. He'd had a peculiar dream the night before, haunted by a mysterious figure. When he awoke, the token lay by his feet. Black Rooster Canyon is no Tripitaka and his three disciples had reached this canyon mere days ago, and the road only brought them further into the ravine. If this was a warning, Tripitaka would be wise to turn back. But how could he do that in good conscience? Whether it was a dream or not, what he experienced last night felt like a tear in the natural order of things. He watched the sunrise and knew that a crime had been committed, and it was his duty to see that it was made right. Tripitaka heard a clatter from a nearby chamber where Chu Bachi and Sha Wujin slept. He chuckled. Sun Wukong was about to give them quite the wake up call. Wake up! Wake up, everyone! Up and at em. We must be on the road before our demon pursuers have us for breakfast. Sun Wukong, if you don't scram in five seconds, my breakfast will be grilled monkey. No, 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 my porcine friend. Remember, we're vegetarians now. Must not stray from the righteous path, pigsy. Oh, stop calling me that. Why ever not? You look like a pig after all. How would you like it if I called you monkey face? It would never catch on. One by one, the monks gathered in the main hall of the precious grove monastery. Sun Wukong was first, a monkey clad in a tiger-skin tunic and carrying a staff. Following closely on his heels was Chu Bachi, the pig with a rake hefted over his head like a staff. And finally, Sha Wujin, the red-faced river spirit. Tripitaka stood there, waiting for them, doing his best to hide how weary he was. Good morning, everyone. According to the abbot, we are 40 miles from the nearest settlement. We can make it by sundown if we hurry. Are you ready? Unless Pigsy and Monkey want to spend the whole morning squabbling. Hey! Hey! Remember your training, all of you. We must remain focused. The four monks set off into the jungle. Tripitaka's horse galloped at a speed that no mortal mount could match, for his steed was a form of Yulong, the dragon of Eagle Grief Stream. His companions kept pace as best they could, Sun Wukong riding a cloud, and the other two following Yulong's tracks at a brisk jog. Tripitaka slowed to a trot once he was comfortable with their progress. If you Pardon my saying, Master. You look terrible. What is on your mind? It is hard to explain. Have you ever encountered a ghost, Sung Wukong? <laughs> of course 
this, Master. I once traveled to the land of the dead and kicked King Yama's guards right Monkey, the... you're boasting again. A, a thousand apologies. I got carried away. But these ghosts you saw, they were in their proper place, in the underworld of King Yama. You never saw any ghosts in the mortal realm? Oh, goodness, no. If I saw one here, I would be terrified. An opponent I could not thrash into pieces? No, thank you. Hold on. Did you see a ghost? I didn't see one, no, but I heard a voice last night. It said that there was danger in Black Rooster Canyon. It left me this token. Fascinating. Is that gold? We're not selling the ghost token, monkey. You don't even know it was a ghost. Spirits are tricky, you know. Trippy Taka fell into silence as they continued their way westward. He glanced at either side of their path, lush forest as far as the eye could see, rising up to meet the heavens. It was a canyon, and it reminded Trippy Taka of the ghost's warning that they would find danger in a place called Black Rooster Canyon. Finally, the wall of green ahead thinned to reveal a wall of stone. Before them lay a small city-state, wedged in between the sides of the canyon. That's annoying. There's no way around the city. I think that's the idea. One only needs to build two walls when the canyon can protect your north and south flanks. A clever design. If there's no way around, we must go through. Monkey, can you make us less conspicuous? Working some quick magic, Sun Wukong employed an illusion to cloak the companions. Under this spell, the pig-like Chu Bachi, the fearsome Sha Wujin, and Sun Wukong himself appeared to be nothing more than unassuming monks. However, Buddhist monks in such a city still caught the attention of the guards, and soon the four of them were brought before the local king. The king glowered down on them from a high throne, his thick black eyebrows shifting as he looked between these strange monks. A young man in elegant robes stood at his right hand, the prince Tripitaka assumed. I am told you desire passage through my kingdom. This is true, my lord. I have been tasked by Emperor Taizong to- I know who you claim to be. Four pious monks on a pilgrimage, tis all very noble. But that edict went out many years ago. I have little doubt the original monk has already made it to India or has perished on the way. In which case, you four are smugglers trying to sneak through our borders. Father, I think you should hear them out. Quiet, Junior. I will give you two days to reveal your goods to me for taxation. Only then will I approve your passage. Your Highness, I assure you, I speak the truth. If you just allow me to write the Emperor... Ha! Another stalling tactic. Guards! Take them away. Hold them at the nearest inn. I don't want them disappearing in the middle of the night. The guards closed in on the monks, who did not resist. The king smiled as the visitors were led away, the doors shut, leaving him alone with his son. Father, are you sure about this? What if those men truly are monks? You cannot be so naive, my son. Those men were warriors. I saw it in their eyes. The way they bristled when the guards approached. The leader didn't bristle. He seemed like a monk to me. Listen, son. 
Less than a decade ago, this kingdom was on the verge of collapse. The drought nearly destroyed us. It would have if I'd been fool enough to fall for ploys such as these four monks. A king must be shrewd, cunning, ruthless, I know that, Father. But before the drought, you said that ill fortune visits kingdoms that are ill-ruled. <laughs> I'm sure you are misremembering. It was a long time ago. While the king chastised his son, the new guests were shown their quarters. The ever-restless Sun Wukong paced up and down their room in frustration. If I never have to deal with another bureaucrat, it'll be too soon! Calm yourself. They're all the same. All smiles and finery until you inconvenience them in any way. And then BAM! They lock you in a cauldron and try to render your flesh into immortality potion. Typical elitist- Monkey! I need to think. Sorry. Think about what? The king's voice. It was familiar. It sounded exactly like the ghost that visited me last night. Coming up, Tripitaka and his allies conduct an exorcism of sorts. Massive spiders, fierce crocodiles, violent kangaroos. With all of the dangers lurking within Australia, one species remains feared above the rest. Humans. Hi listeners, it's Alastair from Parcast, and I'm hosting a new Spotify original called Crime Down Under. Every Sunday on Spotify, take a trip to the oldest continent for some of the most shocking true crime cases in modern history. Featuring a compilation of episodes from shows across Parcast Network, Crime Down Under exposes the vicious serial killers, mysterious disappearances, and terrifying crime families whose stories still stop Aussies dead in their tracks. From the beaches and deserts to the cities and suburbs, the land down under may be vast, but the horrors are hiding around every corner. Catch a new episode of Crime Down Under every Sunday. Listen free only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now, back to the story. Call me a king. A king that lives and is dead. A king whose killer stands in your way. Beware, tall monk, beware. Black Rooster Cannon is no safe place for you. Tripitaka lay in the dark inn, unable to sleep. He could not make sense of it. A night before he'd been visited by a strange, disembodied voice. He thought it was a ghost, but then he ran into a king who sounded exactly like that voice. Beside him, the ever-restless Sun Wukong was meditating. A king that lives and is dead. What did you mean by that? Hmm? Did you say something, boss? Just talking to myself, monkey. Keep meditating. Oh, okay. Sorry. 
What was that? Quiet, monkey. It's him. I knew you would not heed my warning. Where's that voice coming from? We have spoken before, nameless spirit. What is it you wish to tell us? I come to plant a question in your mind. Why beneath the earth are we all blind? Trippy Taka's eyes went to the screen separating his room from the hallway. By the dim light of the lanterns, he thought he saw a shadow creeping towards them. Its shape was that of a tall, robed man. Save me! Save yourself! Save yourself! Save me! Save me! Save me! Save me! Sun Wukong's hair was standing on end. He let out a screech and charged the door, flinging it open. The hallway was empty. Where did he go? He was right here! Shh! Listen. If the king's guards wish to kill us in our sleep, they'll have to do better than this. I do not think it was the guards. The disparate pieces of evidence circled in Tripitaka's mind. The spectral voice, the shadow, the ominous warning. It all had to be pointing to something, if only he knew what. Show yourself, or I shall assume you are an assassin and show no mercy! I am unarmed. Do not attack. It was the Prince of Black Rooster Canyon. Tripitaka had observed him during their audience with his father. The man seemed sympathetic at the time, but now he approached with fear in his eyes. I apologize for startling you both, but I have to speak with... Why is there a monkey here? Excuse you! I am not just a monkey! My name is Sun Wukong! Wait, weren't you a monk earlier? One can be both. If you are visiting us at this late hour, it means you did not want anyone to see you coming. This concerned your father, correct? How did you... Uh, yes, you are right. Uh, I had a dream. Or at least I think it was a dream. I saw my father before me, pale and insubstantial. He told me that he was dead, and that the only way to avenge his murder was to speak with you. I see. I had the very same dream before I even arrived here. Ah! Surely this is some kind of trick! The king is alive and well. We all saw him yesterday. Master, an evil spirit must have followed us here and is playing a trick on you both. Perhaps. Tell me, noble prince, has your father been acting strange lately? Yes, he has. For years he has been distant, disagreeable, like an entirely different person. This change in countenance began six years ago, during a seemingly unending drought. Our wells were choked with dust, crops withered on the vine. We thought we were done for. Until a sorcerer named Lu Shizi arrived. He claimed to be a Taoist from the West, though he would not say where. My father begged for his help, and to our surprise, this stranger was able to make storm clouds come again. Such was my father's gratitude that he offered the man a place as his advisor. Could we speak to this Lu Shizi? Not possible. He disappeared three years ago. I see. This is most interesting. Master, what are you thinking? 
I'm remembering something the spirit said to me that first night. I left my name in the bottom of a well. I left my name at the bottom of a well. <laughs> Sounds like nonsense to me. Where was the sorcerer last seen? In the Eastern Quarter. My father and he would go for a walk around the city walls every morning. And that morning my father returned alone. This seems like the perfect place to start. I fear I cannot leave this room unnoticed, but you might. Me? Is there another magical monkey I could be referring to? Master, I will do whatever sleuthing you require, but if the answer to this riddle lies at the bottom of a well, you know my powers are useless underwater. Take Chubachi with you. I'm sure he'd love a chance to stretch his legs. Sun Wukong bowed and scurried to the adjacent chamber where Chu Ba Chi and Sha Wu Jin rested. He kicked Chu Ba Chi awake and requested that he join him on an excursion. <laughs> Absolutely not! Come on, Pigsy! It's important! <sighs> More important than my beauty sleep? Less futile, certainly. Look, here's the situation. The king wants to send us back the way we came from, into the waiting jaws of the demons on our tail. The prince wants us to go free, and someone or something keeps dropping hints that the king is not who he says he is. Got it? Uh, sounds too complicated to me. The point is, what gets royalty worked up more than anything else? Treasure! Tripitaka was thinking if we find this treasure, the king will be happy enough to let us through. Now are you interested? <laughs> You are making this up. I am not! Look here, see this jade token? This is but one small piece of the bounty lying in the well somewhere nearby. Hmm. How far away is this well? Sun Wukong grinned. Just one sniff of profit and Chu Ba Chi would follow him to the gates of King Yama himself. The eastern quarter was the least inhabited part of the city, mostly abandoned buildings and ruins choked with new greenery, remnants of the drought that the prince had described. Well, 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 where might you be? I'm hungry. Are we going to be walking all night? <sighs> Sun Wukong scanned the gloomy ruins around him. His eyes alighted on a plantain tree up against the cliffside, Something about it seemed strange. It was on a raised mound of earth, almost as if it had been planted on top of a stone dais. A question planted in the mind. Of course! <laughs> clever, clever spirit. Sun Wukong rushed over to the tree and began picking away at the roots. Oh, what a wonderful idea. I could go for some plantains myself right about now. Not the plantains, you fool beneath them. Before long, the soil gave way to rock, but not naturally formed stone, evenly stacked foundations laid out in a perfect circle. Working together, they uprooted the tree and revealed an ancient well, exactly what Sun Wukong was hoping to find. <sighs> What? You did not tell me that I'd be leaping into a dank, filthy well. Now you know. Hop to it. You go first. No, no, no. You need me up here to lift you up. My staff, after all, can change its length to reach the bottom. 
The lazy Chubachi required some convincing, but eventually he removed his robes and let Sun Wukong lower him down. He clung onto the staff and scooted inch by inch into the darkness. I see no gold or jewels. I do not see much of anything. How much further shall I go? Are you still dry? No, I'm not. No sooner had these words left Chubachi's mouth that Sun Wukong's staff disappeared, leaving him hanging in midair. He scrambled to find a handhold on the rock walls, but was unsuccessful. He plummeted into the earth and plunged into dirty water. You accursed, filthy ape! Oh, so there is water down there. I thought it may have dried up. When I get up there, you'll be sorry. I've eaten people for less. I'm quaking in my boots. What do you see down there? Stone. Slime. Wait, there's something by my feet. Lift it up. The treasure should be beneath the water. Chubachi reached into the water and his hand closed over something round and slimy. He heaved and eventually was able to tear whatever it was from the muck beneath him. It was not gold or jewels he had found, but scraps of fine fabric wrapped around a bloated, half-decayed corpse. This isn't a well. It's a tomb. There's a dead noble down here. Congratulations, Pigsy! You've just found the remains of the rightful king! Coming up, Trippy Taka and company confront the imposter. Now back to the story. Now that we're all here, let's get started. Trippy Taka looked around the chamber. His three disciples stood before him, waiting to hear his plan. Sha Wujin toyed with the skulls around his neck, and the Monkey King Sun Wukong was positively bouncing off the walls with excitement. Only the pig spirit Chu Ba Chi was not alert. He sat by the fire, eating a bowl of plantains and trying to dry himself from his plunge in the well. So, here's what we know. The king of Black Rooster Canyon befriended a sorcerer named Lu Shizi six years ago. The sorcerer disappeared three years ago, which is when the king started acting strange. And thanks to Chubachi's bravery, <laughs> we have found the king's body in a well, which means the king we met yesterday is an imposter and a murderer. I meant to ask about that. Yes, Chubachi? Uh, could we move the body into the other room? The smell is making it hard to enjoy my supper. Trippy Taka looked to the corner. Lying on the floor was the waterlogged corpse of the true king, drying slowly after being dredged from a well. He gulped and turned back. Too risky. Anyone else? I have a question. Yes, Sung Wukong. How does this information help us restore order? Surely you don't suggest we walk into the throne room saying, Hi everyone, the king's dead actually. Never mind the fact that he seems to be sitting right in front of you. Here's his rotting corpse. You make a fair point. Dragging a body across the threshold isn't going to sway anyone's minds. Exactly. So, we will have to bring him back to life. Say what now? You are familiar with the land of the dead. You must know it is possible. 
possible, yes, but it should be a last resort. If you can think of a better first resort, I'm all ears. We have a spirit that cannot go to the underworld, and a body to house it in. Imagine how the imposter will react to seeing the king walk through the palace doors. He'll give himself up immediately, and order will be restored. I just... This magic is finicky, Master, and I wouldn't want to put all our hopes- Sun Wukong is holding out on you. <laughs> what? He knows all the immortality spells, even the ones considered forbidden knowledge. He's telling you to be cautious because deep down he'd rather fight his way out than do it the Buddhist way. You lying pig! Master, this pig is trying to slander me! He's still bitter I made him haul the body out of the well! Enough! Both of you! What petty creatures you are! We are talking about justice here! Not just for the life of one king, but his family and everyone who lives in this kingdom! If you two cannot see that, I'm afraid our journey is doomed to failure. One way or another, I will be confronting the Imposter King tomorrow. It is up to you to decide if you'll help me. And with that, Trippitaka swept from the room, leaving his three disciples alone with the body. You really made a mess of that one, Pigsy. Me? I'm the one who got us the evidence. Which you would not have done without me tricking you into doing it. Ugh. Do you have something to add, Sha Wujin? Did neither of you consider that this case is particularly personal to Tripitaka? A king murdered and then replaced with an imposter? Not so different to the fate that befell his father, the late governor of Jiangzhou. So you're saying that by bringing this king back to life, Tripitaka thinks he can avenge his own father's murder? If that is what you wish to hear, I will not spell it out for you. Ugh. What a merry band we are. Three exiles from heaven and a monk with daddy issues. Sun Wukong stayed up the whole night trying to think of what to do. If they brought the carcass into the throne room in its current state, they would convince no one. The monkey had learned long ago how to make himself immortal, but to do that for another being was more complicated. He held the jade talisman to his chest and stood over the corpse, focusing his energy on them both. True king of Black Rooster Canyon, I am Sun Wukong, the one called the Great Sage equal to heaven. Wherever your soul may be, I call upon you now. Let your flesh and your talisman guide you home. Sun Wukong looked down as the jade token in his hands started to glow. Suddenly, the corpse before him twitched. Then its eyes snapped open. It blinked twice, then slowly sat up. Ah! Thank the Buddha! I thought you'd never show up! I feel... cold. Well, you were soaking in mud for three years. You are... a talking monkey? Why does everyone focus on that part? I just brought you back to life! You did what? Now, don't be alarmed. I may have bound your soul to your rotting corpse, but the effects are only temporary. It will last long enough to convince the court and your son of the truth, and then you will be allowed to rest. Sound good? This body pains me greatly, but I will do what I must. My imposter must pay. The 
The next day, the living, breathing likeness of the King of Black Rooster Canyon sat on his throne, eyeing the court with steely eyes. The day had finally come. He was to pass judgment on the four so-called monks who thought they could get away with smuggling through his kingdom. Or at least that's what he told his court. In truth, it did not matter who they were, just that they be sent back where they came from. Only three of the monks turned up that morning, but it did not matter. The fourth would be found soon enough. The one called Tripitaka stood at the head of the three, a stoic expression on his face. Greetings, imposters. Our time is precious, so I will not stand on ceremony. You have refused to disclose what goods you are transporting through my kingdom. And by law, that gives me the right to refuse passage. Not so fast, your majesty. You call us imposters while you sit on a stolen throne. <laughs> what nonsense. You must truly be desperate. In accordance with the law set down by Xiaohe, I shall put you on trial for being a murderer and a false ruler. And for a witness, I would like to call the true king of Black Rooster Canyon. The door opened once more, and in stepped a man who looked just like the king, but worse. His skin was an unsettling gray pallor, and he walked with a pronounced limp. Flies circled him, and the assembled courtiers recoiled from the smell. Behind him was a monkey in a tiger-skin tunic. Excuse us, gents. Make way for the real king. Give him some space. He hasn't used those legs in three years. What is the meaning of this? Ladies and gentlemen, before you stands a sorcerer who cast me into a well three years ago and used his magic to take my place. I implore the guards to arrest him. The guards did not move. They looked in horror from the rotting king standing before them to the live one on the throne, unsure of what to do. One of the younger men fainted. Tripitaka stepped forward. Do you have nothing to say for yourself, Lu Shizi? If not, step down and let the rightful king rule. The living king's eyes burned with anger, but then his lips curled into a sadistic smile. (laughs) I have been waiting for this day. It is so nice to see you again, my liege. Are you admitting guilt? It's true that this ambling corpse was once your ruler, but I admit to no crime. I was sent here to take his place by the Buddha himself. Impossible. Just so! My predecessor had grown arrogant in his rule. He had once been a pious man of faith, but as their kingdom flourished, he grew more obsessed with his earthly kingdom than the harmony of the universe. And so I was sent to restore order. Liar! The rotting king surged forward, every halting step clearly an intense effort. He reached the throne and seized the man upon it, pulling him to his feet. The two kings struggled against each other. As they did, the living king began to change. His hair glowed with an otherworldly green hue. It grew long, becoming a mane that circled his face. His features warped and twisted until he was not a king at all, but an entirely different man. The prince's jaw dropped in horror. It is the sorcerer, Lushizi. The monk was right. 
he is an imposter. <laughs> Lushizi is but one of my names. I am the green-haired lion, servant of Bodhisattva Manjushri. Sacred Cat or no, you won't be killing this king a second time. Monkey, joining the fight won't... Help. Sun Wukong flew at the fighting men, raising his staff over his head. But before he could reach them, something horrible happened. A sickening crunch came from the dead king's body, and his left arm seemed to fold backward. A moment later, one of his legs gave way as well. The rotting corpse was falling apart before their eyes. Oi! Break it up! Sun Wukong swung his staff at the sorcerer's glowing head, striking him right between the eyes. The sorcerer flew backward, slamming through a wall and tumbling out of sight into the next room. But Sun Wukong hadn't intervened quickly enough. The strain had been too much for the true king's rotten body. Even free of his opponent, he continued to collapse until there was nothing but a desiccated heap on the palace floor. A faint mist rose from it and then was gone. Sun Wukong looked around, staff held at the ready, but the imposter king did not reappear. He looked back down to the body. Oh boy, I don't think he's getting up after that one. He's dead? To be fair, he's had plenty of practice at it. You, monks! The crowd parted to reveal the prince, a sword in hand. His eyes were as wide as full moons. Your Highness, I am so sorry. I wanted to restore order, but it seems like all we did was destroy your throne room and defile your father's true corpse. We beg your forgiveness. There is no need. I am in your debt. Come again? Thank you for exposing that creature for what he was. My father is dead, yes, but he was already dead. At least now, I know the truth and the imposter is gone. You're... You're welcome. Part of me hoped everything would go back to the way it was. But a king cannot afford to be so naive. I am content knowing my father is now at rest. The four of you are free to go. I will not delay your journey further. But should you cross this way again, know that you have friends in Black Rooster Canyon. Splendid! Oh, you should take this. Your father would have wanted you to have it. Sun Wukong reached out and placed the jade token into the prince's hands. Then the four monks stepped out onto the road once more, leaving the kingdom behind. Shortly into their journey, Tripitaka thought he caught sight of a lion with a green mane climbing one of the sheer cliff faces of Black Rooster Canyon. A moment later, the creature vanished from his sight. He had a feeling that they wouldn't see that spirit ever again. While Chu Bachi, Sha Wujin, and Sun Wukong seemed positively ecstatic to leave Black Rooster Canyon behind them, Tripitaka was uncertain. At the very end of the canyon, he paused to address Sun Wukong. It was a good thing you did there, giving the token to the prince. Well, it probably wasn't worth much anyway. <laughs> of course. We may make a Buddhist of you yet, monkey.
Today's story is taken from chapters 37 through 39 of Journey to the West. In spite of its self-contained nature, this story makes it into most retellings, including several abridged versions of Shioji. So what is it about Black Rooster Canyon that compels translators to keep it in? It could be that of all the encounters in Journey to the West, it has the most in common with 19th century traditions in English literature. The imposter king is very much an element of Ming drama, but the lingering ghost who cannot move on because of his gruesome murder smacks of gothic horror stories. Victorian literature is riddled with tales that combine supernatural elements with intrigue and mystery, and these genre tropes are visible even in the unabridged version of this story in Journey to the West. You see, although Shioji is remembered for its epic battles and sweeping scope, many of the stories contained within are structured like mysteries, little puzzles that challenge not just our characters' strengths, but their minds as well, which is perhaps fitting as some translations refer to Sun Wukong as mind monkey or mind ape. It is never in doubt that Sun Wukong, Chu Bachi, or Sha Wujin are great fighters, but it's in these mysteries that they find a chance to grow. After all, you cannot reach enlightenment without a critical mind and willingness to learn. Thanks again for tuning in to Mythology. You can find more episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. See you next week for another epic story. Mythology is a Spotify original from Parcast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler, sound design by Kenny Hobbs, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Mythology was written by Robert Teamstra, with writing assistance by Andrew Kelleher, fact-checking by Bennett Logan, and research by Adriana Gomez. The amazing cast of voice actors includes Brian Kim and Drew Lawn. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Hi there, it's Alastair from Parcast. You may have heard of the Somerton Man, Azaria Chamberlain, or the Wonder Beach Murders. But do you know the whole terrifying truth? Be sure to check out my new series, Crime Down Under, where we travel to the land down under to explore the most shocking true crime cases in Australian history. Follow the Spotify original from Parcast, Crime Down Under, and catch a new episode every Sunday, free and only on Spotify.